been talking about uh, faith for finances or faith for prosperity, whatever you want to call it. I think um, one. Pl- I think on the CDs it's faith for prosperity, but it's faith for finances. And um, tonight we're going to talk about something really special, and that's supernatural provision. And I get excited about that. We live in a time, well, it's all, God's always on track for the supernatural. But I tell you, we live in a day where the supernatural is not only uh, there, but it's necessary. Hallelujah. God, it, I will want to preface this with some things. We're going to go through some of the miracles, uh, financial miracles that happen in the Bible. And so, uh, but I want to preface that with this, is that God is most interested in the spiritual side of your life. And so a lot of people, they want to come in, it's kind of like um, they want to come in and get the goodie, but they don't really want to pay any attention to the spiritual side of their life. I, I think I'm reading Joseph Prince's book, and he said, you would be amazed at the people that come into my church, they want prayer, but they're not really interested in hearing the Word. They want prayer for their body or prayer for healing, but they're not interested in coming to hear the Word or, or to read any books or to get any teaching or to renew their mind. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like when you don't pay attention to your spiritual life before you go for the goodies, it's like eating dessert first. You know, and uh, you can get by with that maybe once in a while, but but it's not a good plan. It's not a good plan, and it just won't work. God is interested in our spiritual life. He's interested that we are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's interested that we're walking holy, living holy, and He is interested that we're growing spiritually. Amen. And so uh, supernatural provision flows best in those kind of circumstances. So we have to put first things first. And of course, we know salvation is the very, very, very first thing. And uh, God will always bless us as far as He can. Now that's in any situation. He always blesses us to the maximum. But it depends a lot on our, it depends on our faith. It depends on what we're believing, how far He can go. Uh, he will go as far as He can, but, you know, if we, our, our believing, we have to rid ourselves of unbelief. It's not, it's not God withholding, it's our unbelief blocking when we don't get the things we uh, need. So we have to rid ourselves of unbelief, of doubt, and even ignorance can block what God wants to do in your life. Uh, a lack of knowledge. He, the, the Word says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so what you don't know, for instance... If you don't have any revelation that God works in supernatural ways, then you're not going to be flowing in the supernatural because you're really not believing for it. Or if you believe that's just something God used to do, you know, He did it in the Old Testament and then He did it in the New Testament just to get the church started. But that's wrong believing, but it's going to block you. And so a lack of knowledge or just pure ignorance, just never heard. But you know what? We really, you might could say, well, that's a good excuse. I just didn't know. But, but here's the Bible. And I don't know about you, but I've had one of these since I was little bitty. I think like the second Sunday of my birth, I was on the, I was on the, what they called the cradle roll at First Baptist Church, Breckenridge, Texas. And, um, and so, and then I've had a Bible just since I was a little bitty girl. You know, and you know, even when I'm a child, I could read my Bible. God didn't write this thing where children and youth can't understand it. There may be some things that you have to ask somebody about, but this was written, so, and the Holy Spirit wrote it in such a way. And if you are born again, He will light it up to the youngest believer that can barely read, to the oldest believer uh, you know, there's nowhere that God won't light up this word to you. And uh, so also another thing where God can't bless us is when we are in neutral. The neutral is the best place to be is what I really mean to say. If you don't be unbelieving, if you haven't gotten your head around the supernatural, you can get a lot more in neutral than you could. You can't get everything in neutral. You're going to have to believe, but you can get more in neutral than you can in 
doubt and unbelief. Does that, I'm, I, that's what I'm trying to say. I kind of got started wrong. Uh, remember the scripture in the Gospels, it says nothing is impossible with God. Everybody know that? But you know something? There's another truth. And nearly anybody in Tuscaloosa would tell you, yes, that's right. Nothing's impossible with God. But where the rubber meets the road and the real believers separate from the, just the religious is when you read the scripture that says that uh, nothing is impossible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Anybody can say nothing's impossible to God. Heathens will probably agree with you on that. That have never received him, I mean. Uh, but uh, when you say that, nothing is impossible to him who believes, which is another scripture in the Gospels, uh, that's where it all, where we draw the line. And so uh, uh, we are the people that draw the line in the sand. God doesn't draw the line in the sand. He will go as far as you will go. God has no put no limitations on you. Not one limitation. But we put limitations on ourselves. And that's why we come to get a renewed mind so we can take off all the limitations. Hallelujah. So um, we can cut ourselves off from God, but God doesn't ever cut us off. Hallelujah. We can wake up one morning and say, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go further. Too many people stop at some place and just rest. You know, like we even said it tonight, at rest in Zion. Hallelujah. Just taking your ease and just not moving forward. I, I'm amazed sometimes at the people that will just argue you down. And it's like they don't even, they think they've already got it all. They think they already know everything. It amazes me in that situation. So we don't want to cut ourselves off. God's promises, all of them, are what does Corinthians say? Yes and amen. Yes, that's, that's good. So God, all of His promises, He's not deciding, well, now am I going to give Garland this promise? No, He's already, when He put it in here, He said yes to Garland. He said yes to Lisa. He said yes. He said yes to every one of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. We limit God. He does not limit us. I told you the story recently about someone who said that gave the, they said, I asked them what they attributed their healing to because I'm not, they, not their healing, but they said they were better than they used to be. And they have this serious thing with their neck. And so I said, what do you attribute that to? And she said, well, Michael did pray for me. And I said, well, that's right. I, I remember that now. And so I'm like, okay, that's good. And I said, well, you know, and you can, you know, you can just keep getting better. You can just keep going. And she said, well, if I can just be where I'm at right now, I'm satisfied. I knew that was it. We just done it. You know, when you draw the double line, when you balance your checkbook and you find the, 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 the real figure, you draw two double lines and write the date. That's what my mama taught me to do. Draw two double lines and write the date. Well, she drew the two double lines and I knew it will never ever go past that. So we don't ever want to put a limitation on it. We don't want to ever say, well, I know because I don't have this education or I don't have, this is probably the most I could ever make. Or I know I have a limited income. That is common among social security drawers. I have a, I'm living on a limited income. Well, who limited it? You're letting the U.S. government and they are nutso. I mean, they don't know. They can't find. I, I don't even know nice words to say about this. They don't even know what the person in the next office is doing. Hallelujah. And uh, they, don't know, they don't know anything. They don't know how much money they have. They don't know how much Social Security has. They don't, they don't spend that, so they don't know where it's, they just, you know, it's just, it's confusion. It is mass confusion in Washington, D.C. So you're not going to let them say what your income are, is, are you? Hallelujah. I believe in the supernatural. I believe angels get money to you. I believe, uh, and we got to renew. We got to renew our mind to that, and not ever say, "Well, now, oh, you know, we got to really watch it now, because uh, we're retiring in five years, and we'll be on a limited income." Well, I'm not going to limit mine. Hallelujah! I'm not going to get to. Well, I shouldn't say that. That might be limiting God too. But I'm. Let's just say, me and Pastor are both Social Security exempt, and have been since we were very young, and you know, we did it for the gospel's sake. 
The church in Seminole, it was like, we pay, if we pay that, we won't eat. And so we just got, pastors can get social security exempt. So we did it. So we don't have a pay, we don't, we have not paid in. I think I've paid in in my jobs that when I had when I was in college and stuff, and they send me an estimate. I won't limit that because, you know, anything can happen. But I think I'm going to qualify right now for $234 every month. And pastors isn't too much better than that. Although in farming, you know, he put in quite a lot of Social Security money while he was farming that 10 years. And so, hallelujah. I never did have a really big paying job. <laughs> so, hallelujah. Anyway, so, but I'm not going to cut myself off. Even from the government. Hallelujah. I'm not going to say they won't give me anything. And I'm sure not going to... And so don't limit yourself to the government. Don't limit yourself to where the economy is right now. This is that we live in the day where the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah, there is... I believe that we don't even know it, but we are already having constant wealth transfers. I believe it happens all the time. I really do. I believe that we have constant supernatural wealth transfers and we're just not tuned into them. We're not aware of them. Hallelujah. Okay. So don't limit God. Did you know we're going to read some miracles, financial miracles, some of them for the Old Testament. But did you know that God is the very same as He was the day He did those supernatural miracles? So don't say, well, we live in a different day and God doesn't do that. That's limiting God. Hallelujah. Don't say because of my education, I can never be this. Hallelujah. Just wait till the millennial reign. Some of you that didn't get a... a if, hey, the best thing you can do is educate yourself spiritually. You know, and, and apply yourself to it. Hallelujah. So, um, he, the Bible says, you know, God's not going to go past what we're satisfied with. You know, Psalm 91, 16 says, He satisfies us with long life. When we get satisfied, whew. but if you can, and so don't get satisfied financially is my point. A lot of people are there where it's like, well, we're not poor, but we're not rich. We're satisfied. What do they say? Um, we, have, we have enough, but they also say, um, mm, can y'all help me? Do y'all know? Huh? We're comfortable. That is it. That's what I was looking for. We're comfortable. Well, don't get comfortable. Hallelujah. Say, I'm not comfortable with what I make. Are you comfortable? I'm not comfortable with what I make. I'm confessing I have a raise. Hallelujah. I say it this way. You know, I get my pay from Word of Life. So I say, and I say from Charles Capps' little book, it usually is more as a business focus, and it says, I bless my job. I bless my boss, and I believe I have an increase in salary. I say, I bless you, God. You're my, you're my, you're my boss, and I bless Word of Life Church, and I believe you. I have a raise. Hallelujah! It's time for a raise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, uh, so get on that. Um, so He satisfies that. At any level you get satisfied, you'll stop. And when you stop, God stops. Uh, supernatural provisions work for those that are kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded. Hallelujah. And we're going to find that example just in a minute over here. We need to, well, I'll tell that in a minute. And uh, let's, let's move on now to Matthew 17, verse 24. Hallelujah. So supernatural provisions, what we're looking at tonight. 17, 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money or tax money, we just had tax day yesterday, came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay taxes? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, to whom do the kings of the earth take custom or taxes, of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free? Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take, that take and give unto them for me and thee. 
So Jesus paid his taxes by supernatural provision. Him and Peter's taxes got paid by supernatural provision. Hallelujah. Well, it, 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 it's always supernaturally uh, there for us also. Hallelujah. And just as it is for you. Um, <clears throat> praise God. Well, you know, the, I guarantee you that river out there, it's full of treasure. Lake of Tuscaloosa, it is full of treasure. And you know what? All it takes is one fish. And all it takes is... And God's in... He said the animals obey Him. The animals hear God's voice better than humans do. We know that from the tsunami. They knew it was coming. They evacuated. <laughs> Hallelujah. They ran high. They were running. They said they were just wild. They were crazy wild getting out of the... And nobody even knew the tsunami was coming and the animals were evacuating. You couldn't find a bird. You couldn't find nothing. Hallelujah. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, the animals know God's voice. And they obey it. Hallelujah. And so we need to do the same, but... You know, God can any day speak to a fish. Hallelujah. And plus, how awesome that the angels just can come and bring and lay stuff in your, uh, in your yard or wherever. So uh, here's a demonstration of supernatural vision. Here is a testimony. Um, it's called the Bring It On Birds testimony. And Tommy Williams shared several years ago, uh, and he's a minister, how he spoke to the birds to bring him money based upon 1 Kings 17. Tommy started finding money around the house after he went out and hollered at the birds. A 15-year-old was so impressed with this testimony that he decided to try it. He asked the Lord for $10 for missions. He went out and spoke to the birds and commanded them to put it in a tree in the backyard. The first day he discovered 65 cents. The second day, $2.35. And the third day, $7. Over the next two months, he found a total of $440 in the tree. I think the missions thing was a big part of it. I think any time we set our heart to seek first the kingdom, we won't have any trouble getting supernatural things to happen. And so that encouraged my faith. So I told the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, for the next year, any money I find anywhere, I'll give it to missions. I, I, said, I said, I ask you for money to come from unusual supernatural things. But this is found money. This is, not, this is money I find. Hallelujah. So uh, we're gonna, we may have huge missions offerings this year from Word of Life Church because of all the money I'm going to find. There is money all over Tuscaloosa that people don't know about. Amen. You know, but to natural man, this is foreign thinking. If you go, oh, I don't know, then you are too natural. You need to get more spiritual. If you got excited about it, that's a good sign that you have spiritual thinking. And this was just a testimony to help you think even further outside the box. And take another limit off of God. We have a lot of birds in Tuscaloosa County. My mother said today, there's a lot of birds here. And you know, they just sing and chirp all the time. Hallelujah. You wouldn't go to West Texas either if you were a bird. They don't have nothing but sparrows out there, I can tell you. And roadrunners. You know, when you go out in the deserts, what do you see? Roadrunners. No, y'all don't go, well, what's a roadrunner? Hallelujah. You've seen a picture of it, though, haven't you? Did you ever watch Wiley Cody and the roadrunner? Hallelujah. A little bigger than they come, though. Uh, so let's thank God for unusual, unlimited, accelerated supply from heaven. And I'll say that again. Unlim unusual, unlimited, accelerated supply from heaven. The, it supersedes the realm of impossibility. God has a supernatural way to fully supply every need in the face of lack, shortage, and a bad economy. Hallelujah. Every need. Say, I'll have no lack, have no lack. In, in any, no matter what the economy does. You'll not lack for gas. That would be so easy for God to multiply gas in a tank. I mean, how much easier could it get? Hallelujah. And besides all that, he's into translation. 
Just take off by faith and you may just be here really quick. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Praise God. He makes a way where, there's, where there is no way. When you see there is just no way. Don't say there's no way. Say hallelujah. We're about to have a miracle here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what, was, what must we do to experience supernatural provision? I'm going to give you five things. Well, actually, maybe six. Yeah, six. Number one, enlarge our capacity for supernatural provision. That means like what we just did. We gave a testimony. It made you think in a whole bigger way, didn't it? Okay, so enlarge our capacity. That's what we're endeavoring to do. Number two, see God supernaturally supplying the need. So the first one, enlarge our capacity, could come through testimony. Number two, see God supernaturally supplying the need. That could come through imagination. It is good to use your imagination in a holy way. Quit stop using it for unholy things and imagining things you shouldn't even be thinking about and start imagining uh, supernatural provision. Start imagining multiplication. You lay in your hands and, and multiplying. Hallelujah. Start, uh, uh, Andrew Womack says this, and he says that he always, he sits around and meditates and imagines himself. He'll read a, a miracle of Jesus, and then he'll see himself and imagine himself instead of Jesus in that miracle, himself in that miracle. That's what we are supposed to be using our imagination for. God gave it to us. Number three, feed on the Word. Hallelujah. Especially over, if you feed on the begats, you're not going to get too inspired for the supernatural. But if you'll feed on supernatural parts of the gospel and the Old Testament, and then so four, four renew our minds. Hallelujah. You know, we need to tell ourselves sometimes, I'm just not going to think like that anymore. I'm not going to say those words, and I'm not going to think like that. You have to make a decision to live with the renewed mind. Just because we tell it to you up here, just because you take notes, but you've got to make a decision to live it. Now, I'm going to stop saying that, and I'm going to start, uh, 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 I'm going to start thinking this way. I'm going to think about being a giver instead of thinking the way my mother taught me to do. Get all you can. Get all you get all you can. Help me, Pastor. Can all you get? Sit on the can. Your mother may have taught you that way. Waste not, won't not. Well, it's certainly good not to be wasteful, just to pour things out for the sake of pouring them out. But I've so renewed my mind that, you know, if we don't eat the spaghetti that we had left over, it don't bother me a bit to just throw it in the trash. My mind's renewed. I mean, I like, I'm, I don't intend, I, we intend to, but sometimes things just happen and I don't go, oh, you know, we should have eaten that. Now, unlike Michael's grandmother, that she could have a, a bite of corn, kernel corn, she could have a bite that big and she would put it in a thing and freeze it because she was going to do something with it or serve it at the next meal and they were going to take that last bite. And so, you know, hallelujah. That's, and Keith Moore, I always think of this. He said, so, oh man, I, he said, sometimes we have such a sense of lack about us that we will take a toothpaste tube and we will work it and work it and work it and we will spend 10 minutes trying to get it rolled up and one little last squirt out of it. And he said, meanwhile, meanwhile at the factory, they're running off a million of them every day. You don't have to do that. You have been made rich. God will not, you don't have to get under condemnation because the tube had just a little bit left, but you're tired. I got tired of my toothpaste tube the other day. I was tired of working it and rolling it, and I did that for a few days, and I said, I am tired of you. Or, you know, you buy a hair product and you don't like it? Throw it away, Myron said, or give it away. Or sell it in the garage sale. I do that sometimes. They'll buy it. I mean, they'll buy your vitamins you didn't take. Your Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, if you look like you're not going to poison them, if you look honest, they're going to take it. You know, hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, you know, I, I've sold all sorts of stuff in the garage sale like that. You wouldn't think they'd buy it, but they do. And so we got to get, we got to renew our minds. I don't lack. 
so I don't have to wiggle this toothpaste tube until it is, you know, there's a million of them being made every day, probably more than that. Okay, number five, exercise our faith. Use our faith. Believe we receive when we pray. And number six, expectation. We talked about that Sunday morning in prayer. Or no, in church. Expectation. Having expectation is a big key. Hallelujah. Number of, Let's look at some faith-building scriptures for supernatural provision. Turn to James 1.17. I know some of you are thinking big already. Is anybody hot in here? Seems a little warm to me. But if you're not, I'm good too. Hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> I know you think you're thinking big already, but you're not thinking big enough. And I'm not either. We're none of us thinking as big as God wants us to think. And we can think bigger every day. Okay, we're James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we need to renew our mind that good things come from God. He is always good, and He does not give any bad gifts. He never gives sickness or disease. He never gives bad, uh, you know, He never gives bad things to us. But He always gives. Every good gift comes from God. Hallelujah. Um, the Amplified says, Every free, large, full gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Turn on to Ephesians 3.20. Well, I'm going to read this in the Amplified, so I'll just read it to you. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who by the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. You need to look this up in your Amplified Bible when you get home. Say super abundantly. Over and above all that we dare ask or think. You know what? You need to ask God for so much that you're nearly scared to ask. Don't say, well now Lord... You know, can I have $2 for tomorrow? Dear Lord, don't ask God for $2. Help me, Jesus. Ask Him for at least 10 and then say, and a little extra, Lord. So you can tithe on it. Remember, we talked about that. So above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes, or dreams. To Him be glory in the church. That's the main reason for it, is God wants to have glory in the church. We need to, do, we need to ask for some things that, that, we can, that, will say, that will cause God to get glory. We need to ask big. Hallelujah. Philippians 4.19, the Amplified. My God will liberally supply, not barely supply, but liberally supply. Uh, fill to the full your every need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The word supply in the Greek means fill up, make full, furnish liberally, liberally, fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting, fill to the brim so that nothing shall be lacking. Say nothing wanting, nothing lacking. Hallelujah. I like it. Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Say daily. Daily, daily benefit. Not once in a blue moon. Hallelujah. Sometimes we are kind of in that miracle flow where, well, we've had a few in our lifetime. Over the space of 20 years, we've had two or three. No, daily, daily. You know, I, the, there's been some teachers in the body of Christ in the Word of Faith that have said, you shouldn't live on miracles. And I believe that's wrong. In other words, you should prosper so you don't have to have a miracle. Well, you may not have to have one, but why don't you just have one anyway? Hallelujah. Let's have a miracle every day. Hallelujah. Let's have something supernatural in our lives every day, not just on Sunday. We're believing for the we're believing and expecting supernatural every service, whether it be revelation, whatever it be. And and you know, we shouldn't limit God. You know, if you think there's just one thing that's supernatural, you're wrong. Like, well, we need to have a healing. Well, we didn't have the supernatural tonight. Well, that's just not true. Tongues is supernatural. Prophecy is supernatural. Uh, I've seen people get over into a prayer realm that was beyond natural prayer. And that is so supernatural. And, and we could just go on and on 
of what is supernatural. I believe we've passed up on some supernatural. You know, remember when uh, Jesus was walking the earth and, and, it, and God spoke something and it thundered and he heard it. And some people said, I know it's God, but I don't know what he said. And then some people just said it thundered. I think we've had things in this church. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, we've had booming sounds before. And we listen, we're like, well, what was that? Well, you know, we never thought about, well, it could have been supernatural. Hallelujah. We've had all sorts of things like that. And you know, when something booms, when somebody says something, something booms, we ought to say, what'd they just say? We See, we're trained to go right to the natural instead of say, wow. And that's why there are signs and wonders in the heavens all the time. And nobody's even thinking, even Christians aren't thinking about it much. But, you know, I'm kind of, I watch things that talk about, well, on this date, this happened. And on this date, this happened. And so I'm like, wow, I'm getting more aware of that, that, that these are supernatural signs that God has put in the heavens that are pointing to Messiah's coming back again quick. And because they will tell you, well, we had, you know, that, those increased 40% in the last 20 years. Ah, uh, duh. You know, this hasn't happened in a thousand and ninety years. And it's happening right now. Hallelujah. I think we need to be more aware of the supernatural and we'll have more supernatural. And, you know, we need to, when something booms, we don't say, God, what, what did that mean? Hallelujah. And he may say nothing. It was a plane. But I'd rather him tell me it was nothing. It was just something natural than me to decide it was. Hallelujah. So much going on. Earthquakes. Tremendous increase in earthquakes. Tremendous increase in all sorts of things in America. The weather is erratic. The, you know, all, all these are signs pointing to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's going to appear in the sky one day. At the hour you think not. You're going to think it's a school day and it's not. It's going to be rapture day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody said, I think it was a Baptist that said this, said Jesus is coming back on Sunday night. See who's in church on Sunday night. That's not really good theology because Christians are going. Hallelujah. Christians are going. But, hallelujah. Thank you. That's one way to scare them there. Hallelujah. Um Psalm 68, no, I got that one. Isaiah 55, 1. Everyone that thirsteth cometh, come to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. I know when we were moving to Tuscaloosa from Trustville, we didn't have any money, but we were praying and seeking God. We knew we were supposed to move. We'd gotten the go-ahead from headquarters over there at Word of Life Christian Center, and we didn't have any money at all. Like, and I was praying one morning, the Lord said, go to Tuscaloosa and buy without money. And so we got in our car, loaded up. We came over here and the Lord had spoken to us on a trip to Texas and said, I want to give you a new house. So we didn't even look at anything that had been used. We only looked at new houses and we knew we were supposed to be on 69 South. I don't know how, but I want, I just knew in my heart, Eric was supposed to go to Hillcrest and and so, and he did thrive there. It really went well for him at Hillcrest. And so, um, we, uh, so we came over here and we found a house and we bought without money. We actually uh, found the right one and made an offer and he accepted it, the builder. That house was built before we left Texas and we meanwhile lived in Texas Moved to Birmingham. God was just saving it there for us. So that builder had been holding that house a while. And so uh, we, 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 made, we made the deal, and then it was contingent on our house selling and trustful. And so, uh, but we bought and sold without money. So Eric was going to start school August 12th. And you had to live here, you know, to get in the school. They don't just let you wander in and come. And so, or have a contract on the house. And so we just told um, our realtor, tell that builder, we want the keys. We're going to move it in. We're moving in and we won't, we'll pay him rent until our house sells. They just don't do that, folks. But he did. 
He just gave the keys to us, and we agree. We told him. I, he, I guess, he told us what the rent would be. We gave the keys to him. We paid the rent, and it was September the 29th or something like that before we had our house closed and could and could and could our had our house closed and we could close on this one. Meanwhile, we had a battle. We had to pray the people that were buying our house. We had to pray them finances. They wanted the house, but they had all sorts of financial difficulties, and they didn't have any faith. We had to do it for them. So we bought and sold without money, really. Hallelujah. Listen, if you live for God, and you obey Him, and you serve Him, and, you have, and you're in faith, He will do all sorts of things for you. Amen. So some examples of supernatural provision. Uh, Genesis 22, 6 through 14. I think Pastor read this one Sunday. Is that right? Genesis 22, 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Um. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. You know, if you were Isaac and your father had just bound your feet and held a knife over your head, you'd be like, Daddy, Daddy, where's the offering? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hallelujah. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now that ram wasn't there before. They didn't see that ram, and all of a sudden there's a ram in the thicket. Okay? Uh, God, and so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. First Kings 17. I love these supernatural miracles of the Old Testament. First Kings 17. Um, that's verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there. Hallelujah. No, 17.1. Let's don't get them out of order. Um, at the word of the Lord came in his saying, verse 2, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to unto the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. So supernatural provision by ravens, which interesting enough, they were unclean birds. And he's a Jew. Not supposed to be touching that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. God told him to. Hallelujah. Bread and flesh, that is a really, really good, uh, got, a, got a lot of things in that testimony about when the brook dries up. You know, when things start to dry up, we need to ask God, what do we do? What's next? What's the next step? First Kings, um, First Kings 8, just going on down. Arise, 9, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Hallelujah. And so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, 
Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son." And thus says the Lord, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. We have church people now in America that they won't even think about doing what the preacher said. So no wonder they couldn't get a supernatural miracle. you got to do what the man of God says. Sometimes that's the way to the miracle. Hallelujah. Uh, so they ate a full year. No matter how much they used, there was always left over in containers. And uh, uh, in verse 4, chapter 4. No, that's not right. 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. We have supernatural debt cancellation. Now they're quite a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant thought my husband is dead, and thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be slaves. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what thou hast. What do you have in your house? That is a very big principle. What do you, When you need a miracle, what do you have to sow? Well, I don't have any seed. Oh, yeah, you do. You got a house full of seed. Just find what God's pointing to. And and hey, like Wynn said, give up everything you've ever got. Wingall said this while he was here. Give up everything you ever had to gain everything you ever dreamed of. Is that not a marvelous thing? That's what, you know, why we could give up this building easy. Everything we ever had to get to gain everything we've ever dreamed of. Now that building is not everything we ever dreamed of. But the things that are going to happen because we are in the city of Tuscaloosa are going to be the things we've always dreamed of. Hallelujah. Uh, she said, I don't have anything but a pot of oil. And he said, go borrow vessels abroad all of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. See, she could have limited her miracle by just going and getting two little pots or something. Hallelujah. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door. You know what she needed to do was go borrow till they all said, I don't have any more to loan you. Till everybody did said no, no, no. Well then, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour. Hallelujah. Thou shalt pour it out into those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. And she did that, and uh, it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, That's all of them. And then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the, re on the rest. Supernatural debt cancellation and supernatural provision uh, till another day. Hallelujah. Now moving on down, Second Kings chapter 6, verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elijah, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go and pray thee unto Jordan. Take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And it was going to be a prophet's house. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Hallelujah. You know, you got to obey God. It didn't. The stick had nothing to do with it in the natural. But whatever God says, do do it. If He says raise the rod, if He says go out in the front yard and shout and scream, go out in the backyard and holler at birds, you know, whatever He says to do, do it. Because that's how you'll get your miracle. Praise God. Praise God. John 2, go over to John, verse 1. I bet you know what's going to be here. 
And the third day there was a marriage in Cain and Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to, to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three Firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servant which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. So Jesus had turned the water into wine, actually 180 gallons of wine. They were probably happy. Actually, when God says, you know, of course, the, the Baptists preached that this was not really wine. It was just grape juice or something. Hallelujah. But when God said this was actually port, if you study it out in the Greek, and port is, it is strong, you know. Hallelujah. So 180 gallons, they were happy. Uh, we don't theologically want to go there. I believe in being a, I'm a teetotaler. Stay away from it all. And the reason I am is because Proverbs says wine is a mocker. And I believe that some people have a propensity to addiction and you don't know if you're one or not. Or maybe you do. And some people get hooked on things with one drink or one smoke or one puff or one snort or one, you know, one little glass. And, you know, people, have, they have glamorized wine, you know. It's so glamorous because every movie, when they go on a romantic dinner, they all have a glass of wine or champagne. You just, and, you know, it's just glamorized. It's not, you know, but I like the table wine of the South, sweet tea. Hallelujah. And it won't hurt you. It might give you sugar diabetes. No, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. It won't give us that no matter what. But um, I, I, I do drink mine unsweet. But I, I do like that sweet tea. There's just nothing better. Hallelujah. Um, John 6, 5. John 6, 5. Start believing for the supernatural in your finances. And, you know, I'm believing big. I'm believing for a million-dollar tithe to come into Word of Life Church. I know that just seems un, un, unpossible, but in God it's possible. There's people here that got $10 million that need to tithe on it. Hallelujah. I mean, Lord, make them feel guilty <laughs> for not tithing. Convict them. Hallelujah. Or, you know, just one, John Osteen used to tell in pastors' conferences that he used to tell pastors, he used to say, believe God that you get some rich man's son off of drugs. Believe God for that. Hallelujah. And then he finances your church from then on. There's been things happen like that. And if God's done it for one, he's no respecter of persons. If anybody's ever had a million dollar tithe, hallelujah. I'm believing big on that. Um, John 6, 5. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Now he already knew he was going to do this miracle. He had probably seen it that morning in prayer. Seen it happen. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Well, okay, Jesus can't use his faith in agreement. So go to the next one. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. So he's kind of got a kind of faith. But then he says, But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. And, and there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. In all, they estimate there was about 20,000 people with, with wives and children. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And when they were filled, hallelujah, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe Jesus believes in being full. Hallelujah. He don't want you to leave the table hungry. 
So they had, look at that word there. I like this. Therefore they gathered, 13, gathered them filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above. Say over and above. That's where we want to live, where we always have over and above. Over and above the electric bill. Over and above the house payment. Over and above at the end of the month. Hallelujah. Not just barely, but over and above. Glory to God. More than enough to pay your taxes. Hallelujah. Don't even have to be mad at the government. We know, you know, there's anything that's natural. Now, this is what you have to understand is corrupt. There's nothing natural that's not corrupt. There's nothing natural that's not flawed. And sometimes we expect Washington to be like the kingdom of heaven. And it's not ever going to be. Doesn't matter who we elect. There will be something wrong. Hallelujah. That's, I'm not trying to bring you such good news tonight. but um, Brother Cap Copeland gave a word from the Lord about this miracle. You're going to be the one who God uses to supernaturally feed the lost when disasters come. Only it's not going to be like it was in the past. In many cases, you're not even going to need the trucks and airplanes. In a lot of cases, you're just going to take one little meal and divide it and divide it and divide it. Hallelujah. Jesus, that's all he did. Jesus just took one little meal. He touched the loaves and fishes and they supernaturally multiplied. I've heard so many testimonies about this at like uh, on missions trips and camps and Christian camps where they just were out of food. You know, there was one Christian camp I heard about and they were out of food and they had this big pot of spaghetti and so every night they'd take up what was left and put it in the fridge and they'd heat it up again the next day and they got so tired of spaghetti because it just kept multiplying. It wouldn't go away. So they finally just throwed it away to stop the miracle. <laughs> they wanted this miracle to stop so they could eat something else besides beside spaghetti. Hallelujah. Galatians 6. I think we need to close, but we're just about through. Yeah, in fact, we just like a little bit. We might just stop right there. And I'll finish this up, uh, that part up hopefully next week. Thank you, Jesus. I think we got, we just have a little bit more on sowing and so forth. So, But we got the gist of it, the supernatural. So what do we want to believe for tonight? Hallelujah. Let, uh, Rita, come up here. Let's believe super, for a supernatural car. Hallelujah. Who else wants, do we want to believe for something supernatural? Hallelujah. Your faith's already there, but let's get the super on the natural. Anybody? Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, well, I don't have to do this.